school. I'd like to visit Yitro. Yitro. Remember Yitro? So Yitro appears prominently in the parasha in Shemot called Yitro. Uh, of course, uh, why he was Zoha Yitro, was Zoha to have the parasha of Matan Torah called Yitro. Every time we mentioned that Saturday Dibrod, you say, look at Yitro. Like, what was the Gedula? What did Yitro do that was so significant? In fact, uh, uh, Yitro makes us think a little bit of Shavuos. You know, like, uh, like a Shavuos. We don't like to think about it. But Shavuos is a time when the odd woman out, um, what was her name? Ruth, right? Ruth HaMoavia. How she, she made it. She became 100% in. Now everybody, anybody who might look at an Israeli newspaper from time to time realizes that this is, um, this position is fraught with difficulty for us. I mean, we're not generally interested in the people who are out becoming in. And we find that to be somewhat dangerous in spite of the fact that Ruth, you know, Ruth HaMoaviyah, they didn't know really whether Moaviv or Moaviyah. You know, it wasn't like clear at the time of Shvot HaShoftim, the time of the book of Shoftim, so that Ruth was not only a pathfinder, I think that's a word, but she was also, a, she created the, the halacha in a manner of speaking. Like the people who were involved always are the ones, I mean, even though the halacha has to be determined ultimately by the authority the halachic authority, but, you know, if if it happens sometimes, the halachic authority doesn't seem to have much of a choice so that this drosha, amoni v'lo amonit, and moavi v'lo amonit, moavit, which doesn't make a lot of intuitive sense. You know, like, you would think if the terrorists said, keep the amoni out and keep the moavi out, that they meant, that the Torah meant all members of Ammon and Moab, and that this drosha, Ammoni, Velo Ammonit, his Moavi, Velo Moavit, is like not an obvious, not the first thing you would think of when you saw it. So Ruth, Ruth is a foreigner who became accepted. In fact, I mean, from our point of view, she was so accepted that David HaMelech who is considered generally to be a superior personality, his yichos, which is something that we, even today, many people feel is very important. I mean, even people who don't think that it's so important, if one of their children gets married to somebody with yichos, they always talk about it. You know, like, it's not important, but let me tell you about the yichos that has come into our family. So, Rus... Rus, the story of Rus is about the outsider becoming an insider. And that has implications in terms of like uh, your social reality and the halachic implication and all of that. Now Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was certainly a great person and a very great Jew. Why the Torah takes the trouble to tell us that he married a foreigner and to go into the story and to, you know, like uh, like uh, the, the biographical uh, notions of Moshe Rabbeinu that are available to us from before Matan Torah 
or, uh, you know, a person who was filled with chesed, he wanted to do the right thing for others, but he had, you know, and he had limits. He wouldn't allow Jews to be beaten arbitrarily. And when he came, when he came into the world of Yitro, he acted accordingly. He also acted like, uh, like Moshe Rabbeinu. But, I mean, even though they weren't his interest, like the daughters of Yitro weren't necessarily his particular interest, his meaning Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not like uh, the story of uh, what happened in Israel. So, I mean is, well, I, I, I mean is that, that, that Yitro, Yitro represents, you know, Rav Nachman of Braslov says that uh, in potential, I mean, I'm just quoting him accidentally. You can quote others, but this comes to mind. That that, uh, that Matan Torah in some way was intended for everybody in the world. And you know there's that famous Medrash that HaKadosh Baruch went around to all the nations of the world and asked if they wanted to accept the Torah. Yesterday was Shavuos, right? Right, okay. So it's not so disconnected from reality. So, so Yitro, well, I'm sorry, so Yitro at the Matan Torah represented the whole world. And then later on, then because of that, because he represented the whole world, Giyur became possible. It was possible to convert, to become Jewish. I mean, even if you had missed out on Matan Torah, on the event of Matan Torah, I'm talking about Rav Nachman of Bratzlef now, right? If you missed out on that, but you, you had a representative there. Yitro was there. So it turns out that Yitro was quite an important personality. It wasn't just that he was the father-in-law of Moshe Rabbeinu, which I guess makes him an important person, or that he was well-versed in theology and, uh, and religious studies, as Chazal say, but that he, by going to Matan Torah, I know there's a machlokas in Chazal, in the Gemara Menachos of whether Yitro came before Matan Torah or came after Matan Torah, right? You remember there's such a such a machloket. Uh, okay, so so uh, according to the order of the Torah, the order that's written in the Torah, he came before Matan Torah. He Yitro came before Matan Torah, so that it makes sense to say. It makes sense to say that Yitro represented the entire world of non-Jews at Matan Torah, whereas by communities they had rejected it. The people had rejected the Torah. Uh, everyone, you know, somebody didn't like this and somebody didn't like that. So they rejected, they rejected the Torah. Uh, Yitro also, Yitro also famously was responsible for uh, uh, for the existence of the Torah of Israel, he saved the Torah because Yitro Yitro said to uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe So Yitro noticed that Moshe Rabbeinu was the chief justice, the magistrate who who sat and judged all day long. So, so apparently Yitro was the only one who had any kind of reasonableness in him. He, he looked around and he saw that Yitro was involved in it, uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu was involved in a hopeless, 
a hopeless act by Yom Moshe Lechot Noki Ba'ilai Ha'am Lidrosh Elohim. So he said, what, what, did, what does that mean? Kibailai Ha'am Lidrosh Elohim. They're seeking God. Well, that's what a Shaila is. Like any Shaila that you ask. You see, like the, the, a little bit of milk falls into the chont. So what's your question? Will God let me eat it? I mean, that's the question. Not will the Shulchan Aruch let me eat it. The Shulchan Aruch is like, give me a kind of a summary of the position. But ultimately, you don't want to eat it if God doesn't want you to eat it. So, that's what halacha is. Halacha is is not just a uh, kind of um, a system to which we uh, attach ourselves in the hope that someday in Olam Haba we'll get a good seat. But halacha is the way to go. I mean, once you have the Torah, you know how to go. And that means the way God wants you to go. So that's what a shaila is. So the Pesach says, Ki ba am lidrosh elokim. So what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to Yitro is, look, I have no choice. I have no choice. I can't, uh, I can't give this power of decision-making to anybody else because no one else knows what God wants of, of them exactly. The best answer, the best solution is with Moshe Rabbeinu. So obviously, I, Moshe Rabbeinu, to sit there. Ki yelahem davar ba'elai v'shafatati ben ish ben re'elu v'odatit chukei ha'elokim v'toratav again. I tell them what God wants. What are the chukei elokim? Right? V'toratav. V'yom echotein Moshe elav lo tova davar sh'ataoseh. No good. So here's Yitro, standing before Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the leader. Moshe Rabbeinu knows everything that you could know. And Yitro doesn't know anything. He just has a sense that something important is going to happen. So he says to, to, to Moshe Rabbeinu, Lo tova davar So you see that in the world you need somebody who's not overwhelmed. Who, you know, who could go to the Rebbe and say to him, Listen, Rebbe... This is not right. This is wrong. I mean, you need somebody like that. You need somebody like that. You know that in uh, a recent uh, a recent listing of uh, I don't know what it was in some magazine, either Newsweek or Time. You know those magazines? People used to read them. I remember that. But today it's not so popular. So they had this listing. One of the magazines had a listing of the fifty most powerful leaders of the world. And who was number one? Who do you think was number Who was number one? One of the listings, the one that fits into my story. I don't know which one it was. It was Rabbi Krinsky. You know Rabbi Krinsky? Did you ever hear of him? Ah, <laughs> they heard of him, right? But you didn't know he was the most powerful Jew in the world, most powerful person in the world. Because Krinsky, Krinsky who was the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe's secretary, has these thousands of shluchim who work for him. I mean, a little, a literal army. He's got, who else has an army like that? You figure that each one of them has their own little army. Each one of these shluchim has a, has a minor army of their own. So that makes Krinsky the most powerful person, most powerful person in the world. And he's not going to get voted out of office. But you know, for many years, Kritsky was the only person, well, he and the other secretary could go to the Babish Rebbe and say, look, this is, uh, this is cockeyed. 
You know, you can't do this. You need somebody. Everybody needs somebody like that. But in Am Yisrael, having just left Mitzrayim under leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu, no one was going to tell Moshe Rabbeinu what to do. So you needed somebody who was not as dependent on Moshe Rabbeinu as all the other people. And that person was Yitro. So Yitro says to him, you imagine? But here they're in this camp. They're waiting for Matan Torah. They know that Moshe Rabbeinu took the Jews out of Mitzrayim and there were Nisim and Niflaot. And, and Yidro is not afraid to tell him this remarkable statement. Lotov hadavar asher ata oseh. This is not a good thing. To Moshe Rabbeinu, can somebody imagine themselves standing before Moshe Rabbeinu and saying, listen, you're dead wrong. It's like, that's like a detail. Or, or you, or you forgotten the, my birthday or something like that. We're talking about something very essential. Like Moshe Rabbeinu is creating a world. Here's Am Yisrael, they're asking Shilas, he's asking Shilas. That's a new world. It never happened before. And Elor comes to and he says, Lotov, now you know that the word tov in, uh, in the Hebrew of the Chumash is like a big word. Tov is the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't mean good like we say good. Right? It means the way it's supposed to be. The way God created the world. I mean, that's called tov. It might sometimes be called tov ma'od. But it's not, uh, it's not something regular. So a long time so he, then he explains the voltibo gavata. So he says, Navolti Bol. Rashi says, Lishono Kamokmisha. You know, when fruit gets dried on the tree, you don't, uh, you don't pick it and eat it. So it gets all dried up. So he says, Navolti Bol. And he says to Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest leader of all times, you know, the person who recovered the Jewish people and recovered them as a spiritual entity after all those years in Egypt, he says to him, Gamata, You imagine saying that to Moshe Rabbeinu? That everything you've done is for naught. Yitro says to Moshe Rabbeinu, it's all, it's all nothing. So, what's behind this? This, this discussion that we have, but I think I've, ex- I've explained it before, that Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe Rabbeinu said, the people expect and deserve to get a perfect answer to the question. You want to know, can you eat it? Right? Can you go? Where's the Tchum of Shabbos? I mean, the things that came up, or next week we'll learn about the Mkoshesh Eitzim. This is, everybody knew, everybody knew that they, that they, through Moshe Rabbeinu, they would get the perfect answer. So, of course, everybody went to Moshe Rabbeinu. What are you going to go to? You're going to go to somebody else? But if you could go to, you go to here in Yerushalayim today, you say, somebody says, do I heard Rabbi Yashif said. You know, that's like a, an introduction to a very important statement. So you say, no, no, I'm going to Rabbi Yashif myself. That's good, right? And to go to Rabbi Yashif is better than hearing somebody who said something uh, uh, in the name of somebody, right? It, it's better. So all the Jews in the desert wanted to go to Moshe Rabbeinu. He wanted to go to Moshe Rabbeinu. So when Yitro said, what he meant was, 
he meant was when you die, Moshe Rabbeinu, there's no way to continue the enterprise because there won't be another Moshe Rabbeinu. There'll be only you. And therefore Yitro was given the, um, the, the honor of having the Pasha named Yitro. Because even though he didn't receive the Torah on behalf of B'nai Yisrael, I would say that he saved the Torah for, for B'nai Yisrael because he convinced Moshe Rabbeinu, who then convinced the people, that somehow uh, uh, we are able to maintain this position of ours, which is that we can find out what God wants of us by studying the Torah properly or intensively or actively. I mean, that's, a, that's another question. But that, that's what happened. And then uh, a thousand years later, or fifteen hundred years later, the Jews were learning the Torah and trying to answer that question. Can we eat it or can't we eat it? Can we do it or can't we do it? And they were confident that uh, up to this very day that the answers are significant. They're not accidental answers, but they are essential answers. And that's what he said. And so, so Yitro suggested a kind of hierarchy. You go to the lower court, then you go to a higher court, then eventually, if it's a problem that can't be solved easily, you go to Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's what saved the Jewish people. So it would seem like the pshat and the parsha is not just that Yitro represented the nations of the world, as that's what Rav Nachman Abrazov said, so that later on people could join, right? Because we know that Christianity and Islam, at least according to the Rambam, were positively influenced by the Torah, right? They are a kind of a refraction of the Torah, so that that Christianity and Islam even though they may have had some bad people in those two groups from the inception till today. Nevertheless, from the point of view of, of, of the receivers of the Torah, both Islam and Christianity are a step forward, a step in the right direction, right? One God, one, uh, one authority, uh, the ability to, to do a mitzvah, I mean, all of these things, were, uh, they, imitated, they imitated the Jewish people, they were the Jewish people, and they also campaigned for these ideas. You know, the Christians and the Muslims were, um, were missionaries. I mean, not exactly in the same way. But, you know, you know the, the, the Muslims did it by going to war. The Christians did it by going to war and by sending out uh, shlichim, you know, emissaries to spread the word. So you see that, that I mean, to me, it's obvious that Yitro had a very significant role to play in the, uh, what we call the creation of Am Yisrael with the Torah, as opposed to Am Yisrael without the Torah. Am Yisrael without the Torah was a kind of a simple conception. Moshe Rabbeinu told them what to do. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Don't, it's going to happen. It was, Moshe Rabbeinu was the was the, the pipe that connected Am Yisrael to God. But after Matan Torah, it was Yitro. Yitro who did it. So now if we look at the Psukim in our, in our Pasha, having reminded ourselves of who Yitro was. So you see, the, the, in the first source, 
on the page it says, Vayomer Moshe Lechovav Ben Reuel HaMidyani. Now we never heard of him. Chovav Ben Reuel HaMidyani. But then it says Chotein Moshe. And we know that Chotein Moshe was Yitro. We also know that Rashi says in the beginning of the Pajah of Yitro that Yitro had seven names. And those names seem to be interchangeable. I mean, they may have come from a different source. Each name might have its own rationale, but it's not clear uh, always why the Torah writes one name here and another name there, but there's no doubt that we're talking about Yitro, who was a Midjani, who was Chotein Moshe, right? Nosim anachdu ela makom Hashem oto etein lachem. So we're about to go. Right? This is the Parsha Balotcha, right? The Jewish history changed next week in the Parsha Shlach. But in the Parsha Balotcha, Bamidbar Noso Balotcha, those, those are the first three Parshiot of Bamidbar. In the Parsha Balotcha, it makes sense still to say we're on our way to Eretz Yisrael, because they were on their way to Eretz Yisrael. He says, Amar Hashem oto atein lachem. And then Moshe Rabbeinu says, Lecha itanu veitavnu lach. So obviously this means that, that Yitro was thinking of not coming with them. So what was it? So like, uh, so of course the problem, the problem was how come Yitro, who, who decided to be to have the fate, the fate of the Jewish people should be his fate, and his grandchildren should be Jewish, and his grandchildren. Like, what happened? And after he saved the Torah for Am Yisrael in the parish of Yitro, so why would Yitro want to leave? So the, the Moshe Rabbeinu says, There was some kind of an issue. Eitavnulach means we'll do something good for you. Well, what was the bad that he was worried about? What was it that Yitro was worried about? Ki Hashem diber tov al Yisrael. Ki Hashem diber tov al Yisrael. I mean, what does that have to do with anything? This is a, a one of those psukim where all the words are easily understood, but the connection between them is not so obvious. What does it mean to say? Ki Hashem diber tov al Yisrael. In this context, in this specific context. Vayomai lav, lo elech, that means, I'm not going to go with you. Vayomai lav, Yitro, or in this case, Chovav, ben Ru'el. He said, lo elech, lo elech, I don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. Why not? I mean, isn't he with the Jews? Doesn't he want to keep the Torah? Doesn't he, you know, what do you mean, Lo Elech? Where is he going to go? So he says, Ki imel arzivel moladeti Elech. I mean, of course, you know, with a little sensitivity, you understand that the, the word Elech appears too many times. In other words, the Pasuk should have said, Lo Elech, or, Vayome lav el arzivel moladeti Elech. One or the other. We don't need both. We don't need Elech, Elech. Okay. What? To, to make a better Jewish people or to have the whole world what? 
I mean, like by spreading the word. Yeah, I mean, okay. Fine. I, mean, I find it difficult, you know, but I, it's true that sometimes in the past, individuals have changed the world. But it's hard to imagine. Any, in any event, Rashi says, El Aitziv El Modati, in Mishvil Mechasai, in Mishvil Mishpachti. Because what do I have? What do I have, El What's my land? My land is, uh, is what I own. I have a house, I have, uh, I have acres, I own things. In Bishvil Mishpachti. In Bishvil Mishpachti. My family is there. I mean, it's true that my daughter, Tzipora, who was married to Moshe Rabbeinu, came with me. Uh, but I don't, I still don't get it. I mean, after all, when Yitro came to Matan Torah, he was happy to leave his lad and his family. What happened? I mean, and he was close to the Malchut. He was close to, uh, you know, to Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the Melech. So what, what was bothering him? What could that possibly mean? You, Yitro, know something about the Midbar. Okay, I mean, he came from the Midbar. He came from the land of Midyan. What does that mean? Yadachanutenu bamidbar. I mean, if he leaves, they're going to be deficient. The angel leading them to Eretz Yisrael is not sufficient. I mean, what is it that Moshe Avenu is saying? Ve'yita lanu la'enayim. That's really a tough one. I mean, today, if you said you, know, you could be our eyes, I guess you were talking about somebody who has a GPS. But what's ve'yita lanu la'enayim? Vayaki telechi manu, vayatova hu ashayetiva shevi manu. And this is kind of, you see, pasuk kaftet. Vechai tanu vehetavnu lach. Yitro says pasuk lamed and pasuk lamed. No, I don't want to go with you. What about hetavnu lach? Vayome alo tazovotanu pasuk lamed aleph. And then finally, lamed bet means vayaki telechi manu. Moshe Rabbeinu says, if you will go with us, then, that tov that I'm talking about, if you look at the second page, if you look at the second page, the second page, uh, uh, there's a passage from Shoftim. Perek Aleph, Perek Perek Zayin, which says, which is apparently another name for Yitro. Bnei Keini, because it says, Chotein Moshe. How many non-Jewish fathers-in-law could Moshe Rabbeinu have had? Alu Meir HaTmarim, Ir HaTmarim, Rashi says, is Yericho. Et Bnei Yehuda, Midbar Yehuda, B'nai Yehuda, Midbar Yehuda, right? That's the desert between Yericho and Yerushalayim. Asher Negev, Arad, until Arad. You know where Arad is? I mean, it's in Israel. It's the same, it's like where it is. 
וילך וישב את העם. So this is the word Rashi says about this pasuk, about the Bnei Keni, Alumia Tmarim, et Bnei Yehuda, they went from the Ir Tmarim, from Yericho, up to civilization. They were kind of a little out of it. So Rashi says, Ir Tmarim and Yericho, Shemitan lem dushna shal Yericho, this Rashi says in the Chumash as well, dushna shal Yericho means the good way, like Yericho was also in the desert. You know, I mean, but but if you go to Yericho, you go to Yericho, you see that there are uh, palm trees, right? Like you could see that that they were very clever. They put cities where there are where there was water, or maybe you know, like there was water first, and then they built the city around the water. So so there's Dushna Shel Yericho. There's like a special place near Yericho where the land is very fertile. Lo'ochla achi b'nei b'et ha'mikdash. And they lived there. The b'nei keni lived there in Dushna Shal Yericho until the b'et ha'mikdash was built. Umisha yivne b'et ha'bechira b'chelko yitlena. And then the plan was that wherever the b'et ha'mikdash would be built, let's say in fact it was built in the northern part of Yehuda and the southern part of Binyamin, right, Yudan Binyamin, that the two of them, or Yehuda mostly, would get this piece of land, which is called Dushna Shel Yericho. Why? Right? Beit HaMikhalko Yitlena, Kedei Shiela Kol Yisrael Chelek Bebeit HaBechira. It was the specific land on which the Beit HaMikdash would be built, right here in Yerushalayim, that would belong to everybody. All the all the tribes would share that piece of, of territory. And therefore therefore uh, uh, this was this land in Yericho was held in escrow and was then given to Yehuda. Right, so that after four hundred and forty years uh, after they, they entered Eretz Israel the Dushna Shal Yerichot was transferred to Yehuda. Who had it for the 440 years? Who, who lived there? The Bnei Kaini. The, the children, ultimately, of Yitro. I mean, the people that we're looking for, they lived in that, in that place. He says, <laughs> 440 years. And the, and the learned amongst them, or the ones who wanted to go to university, they left that place. Right, that was his name. Otniel ben Kenaz is also called Yavitz. Torah. So, we see that there's some issue with land. There's some issue with the land of Eretz Yisrael. And we can perhaps understand why there was this tension between Yitro and Moshe Rabbeinu. Yitro said, look, I'm a ger, and I wasn't part of Am Yisrael that left Mitzrayim. 
I was part of Am Yisrael that received the Torah, but I was not part of Am Yisrael who left Mitzrayim. And you know very well that the Chalukah of Eretz Yisrael, which was done by Moshe Rabbeinu first in the parish of Pinchas in Bamidbar, and then by Yoshua bin Nun as he conquered, as he conquered the land of Eretz Yisrael, that Chalukah was to families who traced themselves back to Yitziat Mitzrayim. So that Yitro, even though he saved the Torah, and even though he taught Moshe Rabbeinu a thing or two about how to run an operation based on the Torah, knew that when they got to Eretz Yisrael, he would be looked askance at. He would not be equal to everybody else. What? He would, yeah, so what did Moshe Rabbeinu say to him? Moshe Rabbeinu said to him, look, for 440 years, you will be like everybody else. That was the argument. I mean, in, in, uh, in broadly, broadly stated terms. That was the argument that, that, uh, uh, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry because in 440 years, you will all be, you all, B'nai Kaini, will be somehow absorbed into the mainstream of Am Yisrael. Because after all, they were Jews. And they could marry anybody. They could marry into any family. So that eventually, unless uh, 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 a son married a son, married, you know, like they, they just never intermarried with any other tribes, uh, which was uh, probably impossible, so it's like Moshe Rabbeinu said to him, okay, you're not getting any land, but in 440 years you'll have as much land as everybody else because you'll be part of other families. Families who received land in Eretz, in Eretz Israel. Now there's a remez. There's a remez. All the Rishonim say there's a remez. In the same page, if you look at the Pesach of Perigud Aleph, Pesach Aleph, which is, Perigud Aleph after all is the... Uh, is the beginning of the next parak. It says, Vayamki mit'onenin. Mit'onenin. It's like they had a ta'ana. Vayamki mit'onenin. I mean, you know, all the Rishonim talk about that. Rabbos ne Hashem v'yishma Hashem v'yicharapo v'tav ebam eish yudkei vavkei v'tochal b'kitsei ha-machane. What does that mean? V'tochal in other words, it must be that the people who were mitonenim, the people who were unhappy with the situation, they were in the ktsei hamachane, at the edge of the of the uh, uh, camp. What? I don't know. I mean, it's a thought. I mean that the mitonenim were not Jewish. Okay, could be. So look what the Sifri says. The Sifri is the Tanaitic commentary to Bamidbar. It doesn't say, the Torah doesn't tell us what they were complaining about. But the Torah says that they complained and God punished them. Now, 
אבל אי אתה יודע במי נגעה האש תחילה. הרי הוא אומר, ותאכל בקצה המחנה. You see it on two lines. The last word on the third line from the bottom of this section of the Sibray, the last word is yesh. Right? The Pasuk says, ותאכל בקצה המחנה. That's what the Pasuk says. But it doesn't tell us who is there. The suggestion that they were the Erev is a good suggestion, but it doesn't say that in the Pasuk. What does the Medrash say? What does the Medrash say? Yesh Arim, Elu Hagerim Anitunim Bikzei Hamachane. Should I read that again? I, I was like excited when I found that. <laughs> יש אומרים אלו הגרים הנתונים בקצה המחנה. You see that the machane in the midbar, the machane in the midbar was somehow connected to Eretz Yisrael. Everybody in the machane, everybody on each side, there were three tribes, right? The Levim were in the middle. Everybody in the machane was going to inherit a portion in Eretz Yisrael. Where were the Geirim? Where were they, the Geirim? Well, they were Bikzea Machane. They were outside. They were not included in whatever it's called the Machane. So that Yitro had a daily, constant reminder of the fact that he was not, he was not like everybody else. He may be the greatest scholar. He may have saved the Torah. But he was not like everybody else because he wasn't going to inherit the land. So when Yitro says, El Artsi Vel Moladeti Eilech, so it's Pshita. What did Yitro say? I'm going to a place where I can be normal. Normal means, normal always means you have the same as everybody else. Doesn't mean that everybody has the same thing at every place, but it means at least in the place that you find yourself, You have what everybody else has. That's Artsi and Moladeti. What does Rashi say? Nechasai and Mishpachti. Right? Nechasai and Mishpachti, meaning that, that I don't, there's no limit. I can be a Mishpacha. In Eretz Yisrael, he's not going to have Nechasim. Okay, he'll be on the dome. He'll be able to live there for 400 years. But he's not going to have it. It won't belong to him. His Mishpacha Ultimately, the only hope for his mishpacha is to disappear. Is not to be an independent mishpacha. All the other mishpachot, which who all the other mishpachot, who will get an inheritance in the land, it'll be to their advantage to maintain their independent status as a mishpacha because they have land. But for Yitro, there's no advantage. So when he says. El Artsi Vel Modaditi and Rashi says Nechasai Mishpachti. That's like a pretty, uh, pretty good definition of what the issue is, what it was that Yitro was so unhappy about. Okay, now uh, with Yovel, you mean because nothing's going to go back to him? Okay, good. Yeah, the, the bottom of this page, I just quoted, uh, you know, uh, 
the Rambam in Hilchot Bikurim, the Rambam is based on a Yerushalmi. You know, Bikurim, in the Pasha, in the Pasha Kitavo, you have to bring the Bikurim to Yerushalayim, and you have to say, Arami Ovei even though it's not Pesach. You know, the whole summer you could bring Bikurim to Yerushalayim, and the, the, the Kohen grabs the basket and heaves it, and you say these Psukim, Arami Oved Avi Vayeret Mitzrayma and as we remember that we are the children let's say of Yitz, of Yaakov Arami Oved Avi right? Arami is Lavon Oved Avi is Yaakov let's say right? we don't want to get too uh, create too much confusion so what does the Rambam say? the Rambam say Hager may be the correct that Hager can do both mitzvahs. There are two mitzvot. One mitzvot is to br- one mitzvah is to bring the bikurim, and the other is to say the parasha. So I say, how could they? How could a ger say the parasha? How could he say, my father Yaakov? Not his father. He wasn't there then. He just joined up. He joined up last week. But the Rambam paskins, hager mevi v'koreshin emar Avraham, av hamon goyim nitaticha. So that there is a correction. There's a correction somehow. Why? Because who brings Bikurim? Only the owner of the Bikurim brings the Bikurim. Not somebody who just happens to be there. So you say Ger. A Ger is like Yitro. It was he didn't inherit any land. He could have bought the land. He could have made a deal for the land. But... In other words, his ownership of the land is equal to the, anybody else's ownership. That's what the Rambam says. That's how the Rambam passes it. Those are the words. Hagar may be the karei. Shneamal Abraham av hamongo yimnetaticha. That all the nations can see Abraham as their father. So, what did, what did, uh, uh, what did, um, Moshe Rabbeinu say to what did Moshe Rabbeinu say to Yitro? Moshe Rabbeinu said Lecha itanu veitavnu lach It'll be good for you Ki Hashem dibet tov al Yisrael Vayome alna tazov otanu kalken yadata chanotenu bamidvar so what's the tov according to the Rambam? That everybody can be a son of Avram Avinu. Not everybody can be a son of Yaakov. That's true. That's a problem. Not everybody's a son of Yaakov. Everybody can be a son of Avram Avinu. Because about Avram Avinu it is said, Av Goyim, The father of many nations. Many nations means people who want to be uh, who want to convert to become like uh, 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 the children of Avraham Avinu okay now let's look at the last or oh, let's look at the Ramban I'm sorry now we've seen like the background let's look at the Ramban it's on the first page he says he's not surprised that Yitro was called by another name, Chovav, because that's uh, usually when somebody undergoes uh, uh, Giyur, 
uh, it's a big thing. It's a new person, like the halacha. Halacha recognizes him as a new person, not the same. They say, so it's worthy that he should have a new name. So Rashi says, I mean, the Ramban says, You see the fourth line in the Ramban? Noah's like the Ramban is telling a story. What did Moshe Rabbeinu say to Yitro? Moshe Rabbeinu said, uh, we'll, we'll make things good for you. So the Ramban says, it was like Moshe Rabbeinu said, you're right, you're not going to get a Nachala, but we'll give you a stock portfolio. Instead, that's what the Ramban says. He doesn't say stock portfolio, but he says, Okay, so he won't have a nachala, but he'll have something that is in value is equal to a nachala. So he didn't want that. What do you say? Here's Yitro. He says, there I'm a real person. Because a real person is someone who can have, who can acquire, uh, who can acquire property. And Israel is called a dira. Then you get a dira. Like, that's a person. A person is a person if he has a dira. If he doesn't have a dira, he's not such a person. Az amalo Moshe anat hazovotan so he says, you're going to work for us. You're going to do things. And therefore, you'll certainly get what we promise you. It's hard to understand. Uh, what was the argument? What was the argument between uh, between uh, Yitro? Yitro didn't trust Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't trust Yitro. I mean, what was the argument about? Because I told you, have a lot of deep luck. Rebbes, that lo achuza be'eretz tova b'scharo al torcho ve'ezrato asher ezrei b'kibush aretz. Like they say, this is the Moshe to Yitro. Listen, Yitro, you'll be like a scout. You'll run around and tell us whether we should attack or not. So everybody gets paid for what they do. So we'll certainly pay you. All right. In this discussion with Yitro and Moshe Rabbeinu, it's not so clear who wins. Even though it sounds like Yitro was going to leave and nothing happened to change his mind, but we don't know that he left. So the Ramban says, well, maybe he didn't leave. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu convinced him. So the last pasuk says, V'yaki telech imanu, v'yatobu asher yitiv asher imanu, so it doesn't say that he responded negatively. 
didn't respond negatively. Such an interesting comment by the Russian Parliament. Look at the back. This is like a weird story a little bit. Like there's a, uh, we understand that Yitro is not going to get as much as everybody else will get. On the other hand, we don't understand that since Yitro joined Am Yisrael in order, order to receive the Torah, and in the desert certainly nobody had any land. No one had any land, even though the Gerim, the converts were outside of the Machanes, so they knew all the time that they were converts, that so they were not going to be part of inheriting the land. Nevertheless, we would have thought that Yitro thought it was important to stay. Thought that it was important to stay, and maybe, maybe this way Rashi says, you see, Rashi and Shoftim on the second page, Rashi says that means in In other words, some of the children of Kani went to Yeshiva. They went to learn. So you could make if we were like uh, if this was a shaver brachas for somebody. So I could say, you see, Nachla is Torah, is Eretz Israel. You know, you could like. No, you don't like that. All right, but you could say it. You say that's such a terrible thing. But that's what happened to the B'day Kani. Some of them disappeared, but some of them went to learn in yeshiva with Akniel ben Kenaz. And Yavetz, right? Those were the names. Ben Kenaz is also called Yavetz. But he's the one who made Kirat Sefer. Kirat Sefer was uh, like a big library. Like a city of books. Can you imagine a city of books? Like no people? Just books? In any event, in any event, there's this Meshach Chochmah which I saw. You see the Meshach Chochmah on top of the page? What does that mean? That, they, that good things are going to happen. Right? Good things are going to happen to B'nai Yisrael. Yadua, he says, the Meshach Chochma. Like Rabbi Simcha HaKohen from Vinsk. A man of significance in terms of his, also his perception of things was very, very, uh, He's a very sensitive kind of person. Listen. Hashem Dibar Tov Al Yisrael. He says, what do you mean Hashem Dibar Tov Al Yisrael? Why would Moshe Rabbeinu say a thing like, of course Hashem Dibar Tov Al Yisrael. Didn't God take us out of Mitzrayim? Didn't God bring us to Israel? What do we get Hashem Dibar Tov Al Yisrael? Yadua. Yadua, he says. Kiya Kodesh Bohu. Nashi Dibar Yedei Navi. Eno Chozer Ala Tova. So this is a principle of prophecy that the Rambam enunciates here. The quote is Hilchus Yisraeli Torah. The Rambam says that if a Navi says something good is going to happen to Bnei Yisrael, it's definitely going to happen. Even Bnei Yisrael don't deserve it. Like something happened that God says in a year, uh, the stock market will jump up, right? And then Bnei Yisrael become ra- unruly, so the, it'll jump up anyway, even though they don't deserve it anymore. He says, Ayudei Navi no chozer tova, rak ra'ahu chozer. But if the prophecy was that something terrible is going to happen to B'nai Yisrael, then, that's ra'ahu chozer, then, uh, then uh, the plan could be changed. And God is not obligated, like if, if B'nai Yisrael do tshuva, 
and they become better, then there's no obligation to punish B'nai Yisrael. You could also not punish them. The Khan Amakom Hashem Oto Etain Lachem Hura Allah Emori Yoshev Hamakozu. When God said to B'nai Yisrael, I'm going to give you Eretz did you ever hear this idea? Here it is. It's in the Meshachachma. Is when God said, I will give you the land of Israel. So that means someone else is going to lose out. But someone else he calls the Emory. Emory is a synonym for the seven nations. Even though one of those nations also called Emory, but when the Torah says Emory, it means all of the people who live in Eretz, in Eretz Canaan. So he says, the Emory, Yeshevimakom, Vyuchau, so you have here what is a conundrum. God said, I said, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Yitro, we're going to share the goodness that we're going to get with you. So what did, what did Yitro say? How do you know you're going to get it? Because it's true that God promised that you'll get Eretz Yisrael, but Eretz Yisrael has somebody there now. There are people who live there. So for them, for the people who live there, you're getting Eretz Israel is a negative. So since for them it's the ra'ah, it's the bad, so we know that God can change that, they can change that, and the ra'ah won't happen. So it's like Yitro says, what are you promising me something that has to do with Eretz Israel? Maybe you're not going to get it. Maybe there won't be Eretz Yisrael, according to this principle that the Rambam already enunciated. That God spoke good about Yisrael. But there's nothing, the implication is that nothing bad is going to happen to the other nations. He lied. This is because if the other nations who live in Eretz Kinaan will be good, then maybe God will give them another place in the world to live. That could be a solution. Uh, as it says in the Yushalmi, Gergashi is one of the, one of the tribes, the Gergashi, Africa. They were kind of relocated to Africa. Raktova al Yisrael. Velachain lo yitzelach zor mehatova. See the Meshachachma? Look at the Pesukim again. I'll put it in Meshachachma. Into the Pesukim. Along comes Moshe Rabbeinu. And he says, in Posuk Kaftet, Ela Makom Hashem Hashem Oto Etain Lachem Raitanu Beitavnu Lach Ki Hashem Deber Tov Al Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, "I'm guaranteeing that you will share the goodness of Eretz Yisrael with us." So what did Yitro say according to the Meshachofma? How do you know you're going to get it? Are you good? Because after all, there's a principle that says when a Novi prophesied something good, it's definitely going to happen. But something bad is not going to happen. So you're getting Eretz Israel is bad for the nations who live in Eretz Israel. 
So how do you know you're going to get it? So Moshe Rabbeinu says, that there's no doubt that Eretz Yisrael become ours and it has nothing to do with the Emory. The Emory will also, if they deserve it, will get a good deal. Like the Gergashi, like the Yerushalmi says, that the Girgashi went to, uh, went to, uh, uh, Africa. So it's possible to say, according to this Meshe Chochmo, that the first, like, that there's a, there's a argument here about goodness and badness, and doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing, and if you translate for this conversation, like, you know, people who think that, um, that Eretz Yisrael belongs to us to the exclusion of all others. You know, I'm rising of a wedding. It belongs to us to the exclusion of all others. So then, that's a way of thinking about it. But if you think, if you think that, uh, uh, that after all, after all, when the Am Yisrael conquered Eretz Yisrael, they offered, they offered peace, right, to all the, all the nations. And the ones who went to war with us, they were the ones who were, who were conquered. But the Jewish people at that time were not able to rid themselves of all the foreigners in Eretz Israel in the south, right? Yehuda was in the south. They couldn't get rid of the Plishtim. In fact, they never got rid of the, the Jews never got rid of the Plishtim. The Philistines I mean, they they eventually committed Harry Carey, but they were not they were not defeated by the Jewish people. And in the northern kingdom, in the northern part of Eretz Israel, Ephraim, Menashe, Yisachar, Zvulah, they were not. It says in the beginning of the book of Shoftim that they were not able to drive out the uh, the foreign elements and idolatry always plagued them until they were exiled until they were exiled for the land. So did you see here that the conversation between uh, um, between uh, Yitro and Moshe Rabbeinu is not only about the future of Yitro himself, like what would he get out of it, but it's about, according to the Meshachachma, the future of Am Yisrael. The future of Am Yisrael and the connection between what Am Yisrael wants to get and the fact there are other nations who are there already and maybe that's an inhibiting Maybe that's a heaving factor. The last uh, uh, source on the sheet, which we don't have time for, is the Taz. The Taz. Divrei Dovid, it's called. The Taz is well known for his parish on the Shulchan Aruch Aruchayim. Right? It's printed in every regular rabbinic uh, Shulchan Aruch. The Divrei Dovid. The Taz. Turei Zahav. So he wrote a parish on the... Um, he wrote a parish on the uh, Chumash, on Rashi. It's really a parish on Rashi. I just want to tell you that if you if you take the trouble to look at it, about um, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine lines down, there is a uh, there is an abbreviation, Lamed Ayin Ayin. You see that? Yeah. The, the the person who put out the kind of the addition is an addition of this wrote that he didn't know what that abbreviation stood for. But it may be La Ad. 
Omiyat forever. It may be. So, if you go through the Taz, you, just, you, you should remember that. Don't get stuck on the abbreviation. Many people before you